Hey everyone, it's Pacific here with episode 7 of Margaret's Garden. Tune in every Thursday starting this week for new episodes of Margaret's Garden, running all the way to our grand finale on April 1st. And of course, if you want to get early and ad-free access to Margaret's Garden and other Midnight Disease shows like Out of Place, The Hotel, and The Theater of Tomorrow, visit midnightdisease.net slash join, where for only $5 a month you can get all that and much, much more. Once upon a time, in that squishy time before time, here in the outworld of Everton, the King of the Gate wasn't the King of the Gate, but rather he was the King of the Mountain. Being the King of the Mountain was much better than being King of the Gate. Which it would be, right? Not that there's anything wrong with being the King of the Gate. It's an enviable honorific, no doubt about it. But King of the Mountain? Well, that just sounds better. Especially when the mountain in question is one of your own making. Yes, especially then. Imagine it, if you will. A far-flung slice of the universe, still without form and void. One glorious moment you're there, sort of, beyond time and space and matter, existing beyond the constraints of all imaginable understanding. And then, bam. The very next moment. Stuff. Lots of stuff. Matter, to be sure, but also other things. Other stuff. Less sexy stuff, less obvious. It's the psychic energy of a distant people. It has somehow made its way to your distant neighborhood. And that energy, well, to borrow a phrase, it contains multitudes. So many things, both imagined and real. Wondrous things, to be sure. Beautiful and inspiring. Art and faith and hope but also other things. Things dark and troubling. Envy and covetousness and murder. But there's no sense in getting hung up on all the negative stuff, right? Why bother? Not when there's so much beauty and inspiration seeping through the cracks. And that's what the Mountain King did. He focused on the beauty, the timelessness that he knew so well and that was still manifest in innumerable ways was the very thing that he admired in the new visitors. The mountain. The mountain that he shaped, in that first formless void, was grand. Purple Majesty's grand. It was magnificent. It had the snowy peak, obscured by the perpetual ring of fluffy cloud. It had the great forbidding walls of granite, the undulating river flowing from the unseen heights into a crystal-clear lake at its base. It was, in short, the ideal of a mountain fully realized in that newly formed matter. Surrounding this great peak, he crafted a dense and ancient forest, the same one that Agent Harris and Washington just made their way through. But, as you've probably already guessed, friends, things aren't quite the same as they once were on this sacred mountain. No, not at all. The new neighbors arrived, and for a time, all things were harmoniously balanced. But, well... Now they've gone and ruined the place. These days, when the Mountain King surveys his kingdom, he sees a scarred and broken land. The forests appear scorched, covered in ash. The formerly clear and beautiful sky is now cast with an unhealthy pall. 
and the once crystal lake at the foot of his mountain is clouded and murky, filled with death. There's the mountain king now, out in the midst of that shameful lake. He's casting a line, more passing the time than anything else, muttering. April is the cruelest month breeding. Lilacs out of the deadland, mixing. Memory and desire, stirring. Dull roots with spring rain. Winter kept us warm, covering. Earth in forgetful snow, feeding a little life with the dried tubers. A heap of broken images where the sun beats, and the dead tree gives no shelter, the cricket no relief, and the dry stone no sound of water. Only there is shadow under this red rock. If fish are to be had here, then under the rock is definitely the place to be. Deep beneath the toxic sludge that now rests atop this once beautiful lake. Your arm's full and your hair wet. I could not speak, and my eyes failed. I was neither living nor dead. And I knew nothing, looking into the heart of light, the silence. The Mountain King leans back in his boat, his eyes slowly closing, the boat gently rocking. His weariness, he thinks, is in every joint. He'd give anything to just fall asleep here, to dream. Just as he is on the edge of that favored country, he hears the sounds of approaching steps, and then a sound that he has not heard in a great many rounding of the clocks. Human voices. The voices of a man and a woman, conversing in their own careless way. I, Tiresias, old man with wrinkled dugs, perceived the scene and foretold the rest. I too awaited the expected guest. This would not be the Mountain King's first human visitor, not by a long shot. Humans once visited him and his mountain quite regularly. It seemed that they too desired the solitude and the sacred silence of the mountain. It delighted the king. And so far as to fashion a glorious castle for them to hem and haw about. He always did love to watch them gape in wide-eyed amazement at the works of his hands. They were so young back then and didn't know yet how to shape the world. Yes, there were many good roundings in those early days, but the castle had long been abandoned, or rather occupied by that usurper, a man who never saw fit to entertain. It didn't bother the king, he just built another, and then that castle too had been confiscated by the housing committee. The mountain king couldn't understand it. The joy was in the creating, not the keeping. Every outworlder seemed to know that, but the humans were always so hung up on the matter. It mattered little now. He'd created another space to lay his head, this one well guarded from prying eyes, and too humble for men to covet. He situated it just this side of matter, but well within time and space. There were no more visits, and that was sad. But there was peace, and that was all that the Mountain King wanted anymore. 
Now, if he could just figure out what these new humans wanted. He didn't want to reveal himself, not if he could help it, and he hoped that they'd just pass without disturbing him. He had little appetite for it anymore. He could see, just like he'd expected, the humans taking in the enormity of his mountain, their mouths agape as they scanned the craggy lines that ran up to the formidable peak, the distant castle situated there. That corpse you planted last year in your garden, has it begun to sprout? Will it bloom this year? Or has the sudden frost disturbed its bed? Okay, so this is the mountain. This is pretty impressive. I've got to say, look at those castles. This is right out of the Tales of Arthur. I'm totally geeking out right now. Easy, Harris. Don't forget why we're here. This isn't a tourist destination. This isn't Scotland. This is mission critical. Let's get up this rock and on to Margaret and Everton. I've never climbed a mountain before. And you're not going to today either, little buddy. Not with those chubby little legs. Huh. Are you ready to carry baby Pasha all the way to the top? I'm not a baby. You've got chubby little legs, chubby little arms, and a round little belly. That makes you a baby. I contain multitudes. multitudes. Yes, we know. Take it easy, Posh. I'm fucking with Harris, not you. It's all good. I'm totally ready. Let's get on with it. We need to find one mountain king and zero murderous robot snake zombies. Okay, so what's the plan? This is kind of a big fucking mountain. You want Pash and I to take the low castle? You can take the high castle. We'll cover more ground if we split up, right? Or should we stick together? Well, we definitely need to stick together. Never split up. That's rule number one. We'll start at the low castle. If his highness isn't there, then shit. Then we'll make our way up to the high castle. That's a serious fucking climb, though. Ah, the high castle. Awesome. I'm excited about this. You might not think that after we get going. It looks like there's some pretty rough trail ahead. And you see the snow, right? We're carrying a naked baby with us. I'm Pasha! Perfect. The Mountain King peeks over the rim of his boat and sees the humans making their way along the lake's edge. Thankfully, he has gone unnoticed up to this point. He lies back down, thinking about how long he's stuck out here until these humans pass. When he hears... He's in the boat. He doesn't want us to find him. But I can see him. Can you see him? He's good at hiding, but not from Pasha. There is not even silence in the mountains, but dry, sterile thunder without rain. There is not even solitude in the mountains. I sat upon the shore, fishing, with the adrid plain behind me. Shall I at least set my lens in order? The mountain king pokes his head up one last time. The agents are both looking right at him. Busted. He sits up and begins to grudgingly row towards the shore. Attention, Evertonians! Stay close now! Remember your instructions. Stay within the ring at all times! Do not look, I repeat, do not look directly into the energy wells! Parents, ensure that your little ones are looking away from the wells when they are activated! Yes! For God's sakes, make sure you're monitoring those levels, Rich. Okay, folks, we're minutes away from our departure. Everyone, hold tight. 
Such a commotion. <laughs> yes, indeed. Exciting, isn't it? I, uh, I've never seen such bustling. It's, uh... Margie, don't worry. Things are gonna be fine. Will they, Ernie? Will they really Baby, be... Baby, you're going home today. I can't believe it. Can you believe it? Conway actually pulled it off. I can't wait to see. I don't know what. I don't know what I can't wait to see. Tell me about it again, Margaret. What are we gonna see? The sea. Yes, to see the sea. From the middle of the sticks to the shores of a distant sea. Ha <laughs> ha, what a day. Tell me more, love. Is the ocean there like the ocean here? <sighs> Ernie... It is so much like the ocean here, but more like an ocean from a long time past. Our feet will be the first ever to make impressions on those shores. Wow, that's crazy. I can't wait. It sounds like paradise. Our own little paradise. I suppose. I mean, there are others there, and so many things have been made, but the seas... Those are mine. I'm just... You're nervous? Yes. I believe that's it. That is the word. I'm nervous. There's just so much clamor and so many people. I just hope... Don't worry about a thing. Eddie and Conway have it all handled. We don't have a care in the world today. And may never have a care again. I suppose so. But why is everyone so... so anxious? And moving about like the... what do you call them? Uh, headless chickens. <laughs> yeah, they are kind of running around like chickens with their heads cut off. I think that's just the excitement, though. And maybe there is a little worry. I mean, we could all be incinerated. Incinerated? Or dropped into empty space. I know what that's like. But don't worry about these chickens. You ever been on a plane? <laughs> no. Right. Of course not. Well, this feels like waiting for a plane. Everyone's in line, the nerves are rattled, and the line never seems to move, but... You know what the funny thing is? What? We're all going to arrive at the same time. Then why are they in a rush? Oh, hon. It's just our way. We're an anxious bunch. Blame it on our long evolutionary history. Always running around trying to avoid the saber-toothed tigers and woolly mammoths. Neanderthals. It's left us full of nervous energy. I have noticed that about you. Hey. Yes? There's something I've been meaning to ask you. I mean... One thing I wanted to know, before we go through. What is it? Well, you've been with us for a few years now. With me, I mean. And I know that it hasn't always been a bed of roses. I know you've given up a lot to be here. And to be with me. Well, with the necklace and all. I'm just wondering, when we get through, or rather... Over there, uh, uh, are you... Am I... What I mean to say is... Are you... 
Am I going to stay with you? Is that what you're wondering, Ernie? Whether or not we'll be... Together. Yes. Will we be together? <laughs> Ernie... Because if you weren't, or, or rather if we, if we weren't, I... Well, I just don't think I would even want to go. I'd rather... Ernie... I won't go. You mean more to me than a thousand trips to the moon. Or wherever we're headed. Oh. Sweet. Sweet Ernie. You dear man, your beautiful soul... It, it's the only thing about this world or the next worth holding on to. Does that mean... That we are together? Forever? Yes, my love. We are. Oh, boy. That's a relief. I know it's silly. I'm just... You know... Nervous, too, I suppose. About your world. About the whole trip. I feel like I'm getting ready to meet the in-laws. I don't know what to expect. I know... I don't know what to expect either. After the last time, I didn't think that I'd ever... How's that now? I just meant... Oh, there's so much I want to show you. Like the shores? Yes, like the shores. And there's so much more. So many things have taken shape since I slipped through and over to your world. And we'll explore it all. Together? Together forever. Folks, we are at T-minus 10 minutes and counting. Please, everyone assemble in your designated areas and prepare for the departure. Everyone be prepared for your proctor. They are coming by and will be going down our final checklist. Here we go, folks. Everyone get ready. Get ready now. Hey everyone, Pacific here with a quick ad break. And a reminder, if you hate ads as much as I do, consider joining us at midnightdisease.net slash join to get early and ad-free episodes of all of our shows. And now, back to the show. So... You're the Mountain King, huh? The eyes that fix you in a formulated phrase. And when I am formulated, sprawling on a pen. When I am penned and wriggling on the wall. Then how should I begin? Here we go again. So, you sure sound like a Mad King. I'm Washington. This is Harris. We're looking for... We're looking for... Or... We've been told that there is a fortune teller, but it appears they died. And I guess now we're looking to get up this mountain. Can you help us? Or... <sighs> the Mountain King rows the last few strokes to the shore and looks longingly at the woods. He briefly considers his options, and finding them wanting, solemnly nods his head. Wonderful. 
This is really all a bit confusing. Help me out here. Here is no water, but only rock. Rock and no water in the sandy road. The road winding above among the mountains, which are mountains of rock without water. If there were water, we should stop and drink. Is this how it's going to go? <coughs> Crosses the brown land, unheard. The nymphs are departed. The Mountain King disembarks from his little ship and makes his way towards the forest at a surprisingly quick pace. Look, I didn't mean... I'm sorry. Let's start over. Can we? We're coming! We're coming! We know. Just carrying multitudes down here. Great. I'm making zero progress here. I've managed to offend our little leathery friend, but little else. Is this... Is this the Mountain King? You tell me. Why don't you ask him? Who is the third who walks always beside you? When I count, there are only you and I together. Are you? Is he talking about Pasha? There is always another one walking beside you. Gliding wrapped in a brown mantle, hooded. I do not know whether a man or a woman. But... Who is that on the other side of you? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> this Pasha. I'm Pasha. What's he saying, Wash? Is he speaking in riddles? Of course he would be. Why wouldn't he? She turns and looks at a moment in the glass, hardly aware of her departed lover. Hardly aware of her departed lover? Why does that sound so familiar? My name's Pasha. The Mountain King looks over the small cosmonaut. And then he casts his eyes downward and shakes his head. Do you know nothing? Do you see nothing? Do you remember nothing? <laughs> I remember. Those stars that were their eyes. Are you alive or not? Is there nothing in your head? Um, are you asking about Pasha? Or is this a riddle? Because Pasha has had a rough couple of days... Nashers, you familiar with the Nashers? They did this. We're trying to help. We helped with the, uh, with the new body. The toddler parts. <clears throat> My nerves are bad tonight. Yes, bad. Stay with me. Speak to me. Why do you never speak? <laughs> speak! Stay. Are you asking us to stay? To speak with you? Yeah, we can do that. We'd be happy just to speak to you. We just need... We're kind of running a race here, and it feels like we're falling behind. Way behind. <sighs> there is not even solitude in the mountains. But red, sullen faces sneer and snarl. From doors of mud-cracked houses. No solitude, no rest. I, Teresius, old men with wrinkled dugs perceived the scene, and foretold the rest. I, too, awaited the expected guest. Harris? Don't look at me. Pasha? Hello! This is just great. With a shower of rain, we stopped in the colonnade, and went on in sunlight into the Hofgarten, and drank coffee 
and talked for an hour. Coffee? I'd kill for a cup of coffee right now. The Mountain King smiles and leads his guests further into the forest. After a few minutes' walk, a humble hut can be seen situated in the mouth of a small cave. The king opens the door and steps in, beckoning his guests with a knotted hand. Inside, it is dark and cool, but comfortably appointed. In the middle of the small hut stands a table woven of water reeds. A deck of tarot cards lay, as if expectant, in the center. The Mountain King gestures to the table, and Washington, Harris, and Pasha sit on pillows situated around the table. The Mountain King sits on the other side of the table and slowly reaches for the deck. He shuffles them, painfully slowly, seven times, and then sets the deck back onto the table. He locks eyes with his visitors, each in turn, and then draws a card from the top of the deck and sets it down in front of himself. Here is the man with three staves in the wheel. He will guide. The Mountain King takes the next card from the top, turns it over, and places it in front of Washington. Here is Belladonna, the Lady of the Rocks, the Lady of Situations. She will lead. The Mountain King looks at Harris, turns the third card over, and places it in front of him. And here is the one-eyed merchant. He carries with him a mystery which I am forbidden to see. He will save the day. The Mountain King looks between the agents at baby Pasha, whose head just barely peeks over the table and gives a little wink. He draws a final card and places it face down in the center of the table. In this card, is he who stands against. Do not seek, and you will not find. The hanged man, fear death by water. The mountain king pauses and looks over each of his guests. After the torchlight red on sweaty faces, after the frosty silence in the gardens, after the agony in stony places, the shouting and the crying, Prison in place in reverberation of thunder of spring over distant mountains. He who was living is now dead. We who were living are now dying with a little patience. In this decayed hole among the mountains, in the faint moonlight, the grass is singing. Over the tumbled graves about the chapel, there is the empty chapel. Only the wind's home. It has no windows, and the door swings. I have heard the key turn in the door once, and turn once only. We think of the key, each in his prison. Thinking of the key, each confirms a prison. Only at nightfall, a ethereal rumors. The Mountain King nods. Oh boy. Well, thank you for your time. We've really got to be going now. A key revealed at night in an empty chapel. Tumbled graves. Don't bother, Harris. We're on our own here. While I was fishing in the door canal on a winter evening round behind the gas house, musing upon the king, my brother's wreck, 
and on the king, my father's death before him. White bodies naked on the low, damp ground. What are you trying to say? You're not making any sense. And I will show you something different from either. Your shadow at morning striding behind you. Or your shadow at evening rising to meet you. I will show you fear in a handful of dust. He wants to show us something. At sunset, maybe. The Mountain King nods. Okay, friends. Agents Harris and Washington sure have their work cut out for them. But while they're handling that, let's check back in with a gathering of very confused and very anxious folks standing in Everton's main square. People are no longer running around like chickens. Now they're parked like pigeons. A large wave of energy has just passed over all of them, and with it, the promise of a one-way ticket to the astral plane. As far as the Everton townsfolk are concerned, though, not a lot is happening. They are, again, as far as they can tell, still standing in Everton's main square, exactly as they have been for the last few hours. An unease has set in. Did it work? What's going on? Are we going yet? Was that it? Did we do it? Yes, I think we did it. No, I don't think we did it. I think we're still here. I'm not sure. I think she's right. I think we did. I think... Behold! New Everton! What's he talking about? He's lost his mind. We haven't gone anywhere. He said New Everton. I think we did. No, we haven't. Have we? The trees. Yes. You see it, don't you, Ernie? Look at the trees. Oh, my lord. We're here. I think you're... We're... But they did it! We did it! This is crazy. Everything is... It's... The exact same. Not a blade of grass out of place, right? Isn't that what they said? I didn't believe it. Neither did I, but... We're on the astral plane. The astral plane. The astral plane! The astral plane. Oh, my dear God. Well, that wasn't what I expected. What wasn't? The trip. The portal. I always thought... I don't know. I didn't even feel it. Conway said we wouldn't, but... Did you feel it? Oh, yes. I felt it. Yes, I suppose you would. Our two worlds are closely aligned. Linked, almost. You'll see that soon. I suppose they are, aren't they? Funny thing. Say, maybe we should head on over to the house. You know, check it out. Ernie Everett, I, we've just traveled halfway across the universe, or rather, most of the way across, and you want to go to the house? The house? Well, I just want to make sure, you know, that everything is there. All my things. Why? What do you mean, why? Why does it matter? Everything is different now. In my world, everything is different. Margaret, where are we gonna live? In a straw hut? And I've some pretty valuable baseball cards there, too. You know that. A Mickey Mantle rookie card. I told you about that. 
Remember? Someday that thing's gonna be worth a heap. <laughs> Ernie, we could make our own home. We are creators here, not consumers. You'll see soon enough. You'll have millions of mantles of Mickey. It's Mickey first and then mantle. It's the guy's name. Of course, dear. I remember your cards. Mickey Charlize Mantle, born October 20th, 1931. He is the center fielder for the New York Yankees. He was born in Spavanaugh, Oklahoma. All right, all right, you got it. You know Mantle. Yes, I do. Mickey Mantle is considered to be the best switch hitter currently playing. All right. Now you're just showing off. <laughs> I know my Mickey Mantles. You sure do. Boy, the housing committee sure did a swell job, didn't they? Do you think so? Well, sure. I mean, we modeled new Everton on the old Everton. It'll be perfect. Just like old Everton. Perfect town in a perfect world. The perfect world was all that we were missing. That model house. I often wondered at that word. Model. I always found it so odd, its use. I think that you'll find the models here much more compelling. Well, sure, I'm not saying that. That's why we came, right? Paradise, right? Unlike any you've ever known. I can't wait to visit the sea. Those sandy beaches. Yes, let's... And we'll have plenty of time to venture around. But first... But first what? Gosh, I don't know. I figure let's check on the house. Maybe let's get a bite to eat. I need to be nearby. Edward and Conway might need me to help keep the townsfolk calm. This is their town, Ernie. They can handle it. Let me... I mean, hon, you saw. We hadn't even been here two minutes and people started panicking. Yes, panicking. Now, just wait a minute. What are you implying? Excitement and nervousness aren't very different emotions, you know. I'm aware of the emotions, nervousness, and excitement. Well, I'm excited! That's what you're seeing here! Excitement! Yes, you do seem excited. You seem... That's right! I'm very excited! Very, very excited! Enough talk! We've talked it out. Get over here and give me a kiss, sweetness. <laughs> Stop it, you brute. Give me a big fat kiss. Everyone's looking. <gasps> Ernie. We just traveled to the other side of the galaxy. <laughs> yes, we did. We traveled to the other side of the galaxy. And I need a kiss. <laughs> you certainly earned one. I love you, Ernie. I love you, Margie. Darkness has fallen over the land of the Mountain King. The rising orbs have colored the night in obsidian purple, and the cold of evening has taken hold. The King leads the agents and Pasha through the thick undergrowth, expertly navigating the rough path with ease. Where are we going? 
Yeah, dude. Where are we going? Why are you taking us? The Mountain King turns, the orb light glinting in a smiling eye, and he beckons them on. Heads up, Harris. My spidey sense is starting to tingle. Roger that. Copy tingling. The Mountain King slows as they approach a near rise, and then comes to a stop. He points through the trees to the shores of a distant riverbank. What the fuck? The fuck, in this instance, is a mass grave. Think war crimes, and you're probably pretty close to the image that you need here. The tithers, it would appear, wear a lot of hats. Add butcher and burial service to their long list of occupations. It's the, uh, from the church. What? Cool. He, he showed me. These are the captured outworlders. This is the end of the line for them. They're disposing of them. After the ritual sacrifice slash energy acquisition. It starts with the tithers, then the camps, then the church. And then the fucking dump. Also, the fucks can power their twisted sock hop mecha. Great. We know the who, the how, the what, and the why. We've got a directive to follow. You copy that? Fuck yeah. By the waters of Lehman, I sat down and wept. Sweet dames run softly till I end my song. Sweet dames run softly, for I speak not loud or long. Amen. Uh, I think. The Mountain King nods his head and then shrugs. He holds a gnarled finger against his lips and motions for the agents to follow. We are almost there! Pasha, seriously? Not now. Harris, shh. I'm telling Pasha to shh. I know. They didn't, they didn't hear me. Do, do you think they can smell us? What? I haven't had a shower in like 48 hours. I'm starting to ripen. Shut up, Harris. Right. I smell us. I told you. You want to take a bath? You're free to join the corpses in the river. How does that sound? Let's just say it. I know. Just stop saying things, okay? Over the tumbled graves, about the chapel, there is the empty chapel. Only the wind's home. <gasps> Wastelands. Harris, oh my god, man, keep your voice down. You're giving away our position. Sorry, sorry. It's, it's just, it's the wasteland. Makes sense, Harris. We really don't have time for this. I was trying to figure out... I, I knew that something was off, or rather on, as in on script. Yes? Why everything this guy said sounded so familiar? It's T.S. Eliot. It's the Wastelands. This guy is quoting the Wastelands. Right? The Mountain King smiles. <laughs> knew one of you would catch on sooner or later. Now listen here. I've already given you my blessing. What the fuck? Now you're talking normal after all that bullshit back there? This is the path, Agent Washington. I don't make the rules. I'm merely a journeyer upon its winding courses. Just like you. Uh-huh. I'll just bet you are. I've been waiting on you three for some time, you know. You have, huh? Yes. I'm glad that you made it. You're very close. Don't quit now. We're all rooting for you. Oh, boy. Ha! I knew it! We're questing! Not now, Harris. So, my blessing. The tarot card! Ah, yes. Very perceptive, aren't you? <laughs> yes, the card is the key. 
a very special key. Keys are easy to hide in this world. Well, sometimes. I don't want to know. Well, I suppose you don't. Either way, head up to the mountain. Stick to the path. Do not stray. Okay. And that'll have to do for now. I fear we may indeed have gotten the attention of our misshapen friends downstream. Go now. Look for the gate. The gate? What gate? What gate are you talking about? Yeah, what gate? But it's too late now. The Mountain King is already making his way toward an advancing tither. He stops briefly and looks into the river. It is choked with the calcified husks of innumerable outworlders. On a winter evening round behind the gas house, musing upon the king my brother's wreck, and on the king my father's death before him. The mountain king points a shaking hand at the advancing tither. White bodies naked on the low damp ground, and bones cast in a little low dry garret, rattled by the rat's foot only, year to year. But at my back from time to time, I hear. The advancing tither lets out a hideous shrieking, and the other tithers come to bear and fall into step, all now advancing on the shriveled old king. The sound of horns and motors which shall bring Sweeney to Miss Porter in the spring. Oh, the moon shone bright on Miss Porter and on her daughter. They washed their feet in soda water. The Mountain King stops his advance. His hands fall to his side. Two hard and gnarled fists gathered at the ends. Should we... No, 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 no. He's running distraction for us. Let's get the fuck out of here. These guys might be out for blood this time. But come on, Harris. Let's go. The Mountain King closes his eyes. The tithers keep coming on. Closer now. Closer. Closer. Twit, twit, twit. Jug, 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 jug. So rudely forced. I suppose we know what happens next, don't we? The tithers... The tithers are on some next-level shit. They like chopping it up. You can be sure of that. Thanks be to the Mountain King. <sighs> yeah. He was all right. <sighs> Whatever. It's impossible to tell about these outworlders. No one is as they seem. One is weirder than the next, and we quite possibly have the oddest one riding shotgun. I'm Pasha. Case in point. <sighs> I feel bad about this one. Leaving him behind like that? He reminds me of my grandpa. We don't have time for that right now, Harris. I don't like it any more than you do, trust me, but this is the war that we've stumbled into. Onto whatever. This has been going on for some time. The Mountain King, he knows what he's doing. Sure. Sure, yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. I'm, I'm just saying. Ah, here go our heroes into yet another forsaken country. The path goes on for what seems like days. It rises gradually as they make their way from the river into the tundra, and up into the near hills surrounding the great mountain. Eventually, the agents come to a clearing. In the clearing, past a row of twelve leaning, bone-white tombstones, stands a small chapel. Beyond that, the mountain towers above it. The chapel looks to have been abandoned long ago. It is little more than a crumbling ruin at this point. The windows merely black holes, the doors rotting in their frames. Okay, so here's the chapel. And do we go into the creepy, broken-down church, or chapel, or whatever? 
We always do, Harris. I knew you were gonna say that. They do, folks. They always do. The agency trains them just for this type of work. Approaching a broken church on an unnamed mountain in a distant tear in the space-time continuum is all part of the job. A day in the life. They enter and find a small stone door across the room from them. The edges of the door are glowing blue. Classic. There's the door. Everyone's got their tarot card keys, right? Keys from the king. Yes, Pasha. The keys from the king. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking I'm starting to get the hang of this place. Agreed. You're doing great, kid. The agents pull out the tarot cards given to them by the Mountain King. The cards emanate the same spectral blue light as what is coming from the door. As the agents and baby Pasha approach the door, old stones, unmoved for many arounding, begin to grind as the door swings open. Beyond the door, a portal shimmers, and in that portal, the mountaintop, blurred and distant, but not terribly far from the gate's terminus. And there's the gate! Ha! And there's the high castle! Is that the high castle? Doesn't look like the most arduous path. I like that. Me too. You know, because of the extra weight. Baby. Yes, Harris. You're a real hero. I guess. I kind of am. We are, that is. Oh, boy. A hero! Well, to Margaret. To Margaret. Margaret's Garden was written by Pacific S. Obadiah and Jonathan Goldberg, with script editing by Frankie Serrano. Our narrator was Graham Rowitz. Margaret was Jordan Cobb. Ernie was Atticus Jackson. Mountain Keen was Gary Scales. Washington was Risa M. Harris was Russell Moore. Pasha was Tanya Miliovic. Conway was Anver Mahmoud. Man 2 was Andrew Oakes. Man 3 was Gabriel Linen. Woman 2 was Danielle Ellett. And Woman 4 was Alyssa Park. Our composer is the ever-talented Danny Sweet. And I'm your... And sound design was done by me, Pacific S. Obadiah. Our producers are Brad Miska and Tom Owen. Visit margaretspodcast.com for more information.